We're on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. The bat moves. May the force be with you. Who is that masked man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. Before we begin today's discussion, here is some genre-related news. Executive Vice President and Creative Director Joe Casada issued a statement last week that he is leaving Marvel. He had been with the company for more than 30 years, having started as a freelance artist and rising to become one of the longest tenured executives in the company's history. Quesada enjoyed a highly influential career with Marvel. He oversaw the rise of the Ultimate Universe line, major crossovers like Secret Invasion, House of M, and Civil War, and revamped the Avengers and Fantastic Four franchises. Quesada's tenure also saw a new generation of talent rise in the industry, among them Brian Michael Bendis, Ed Brubaker, and Matt Fraction, just to name a few. Quesada is also widely credited for embracing stories written with collected editions in mind. In a statement on Twitter, Quesada thanked his collaborators and indicated he has numerous personal projects which he intends to pursue. Gannett, the largest newspaper publisher in the country as measured by total daily circulation. Many of their newspapers are reducing the frequently of op-ed pages. The explanations and days of editorial cutbacks seem to be left to the individual editors, but basically syndicated content, columns and cartoons, will be dropped in favor of local, mostly free content. Attention was called to the full extent of Gannett cutting nationally syndicated columns and cartoons by the Association of American Editorial Cartoonists. I don't know that anything truly sinister can be inferred by this move, but it doesn't sound benign to me. In other Gannett news, the company announced a strategic reorganization last Wednesday, dialing back on top executive effort devoted to publishing while elevating its smaller but growing digital marketing services business to one of two operating units. Maribel Perez Wadsworth, already in charge of USA Today and the regional USA Today network of 250 newspapers and sites, becomes president of Gannett Media, the publishing division. New trailers dropped last week for season two of Star Wars The Bad Batch and Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe. And this week, for Black Adam and the Sandman. You can view the trailers on one of the Fantastic Forum social media pages. And while you're there, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. Star Wars The Bad Batch returns to Disney Plus this fall for its second season. 
Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe streams on Paramount Plus July 23rd. Black Adam, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, opens in theaters October 21st. And Neil Gaiman's The Sandman is coming to Netflix on August 5th. Some recent anniversaries this week as Star, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan was released in theaters 40 years ago on June 4th, 1982. Amazing Fantasy number 15, featuring the first appearance of Spider-Man, was released 60 years ago on June 5th, 1962. And Steven Spielberg's E.T. The Extraterrestrial opened in theaters 40 years ago on June 10th, 1982. Netflix has announced that season one of their live-action Avatar The Last Airbender series will be a total of eight one-hour episodes. Coincidentally, this is the same total runtime as the original animated Book One Water. The show is currently in production and no release date has been set. The Boys has been renewed for season four on Amazon. This one week from its season three premiere and increasing viewership by 17% from season two's debut. Renewal was a foregone conclusion given that The Boys is at the center of the streamer's first multi-series franchise which now includes animated anthology spinoff The Boys Presents, Diabolical, and the currently in production Untitled spinoff, which is set at America's only college exclusively for young adult superheroes. Based on the comics by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson, The Boys is described as, quote, a fun and irreverent take on what happens when superheroes who are as popular as celebrities, as influential as politicians, and as revered as gods, abuse their superpowers rather than use them for good. Sony has announced Spider-Man No Way Home, the more fun version, featuring added and extended scenes to be released September 2nd, 2022. The extended cut will play in the U.S. and Canada with more countries to be announced. Tickets will go on sale on August 9th with screenings beginning September 2nd. That's Labor Day, by the way. Jurassic World Dominion earned over $59 million in its opening day, including Thursday previews, and is expected to take the number one spot at this weekend's domestic box office. The film is projected to take in around $140 million and overtake Top Gun Maverick, which earned $91 million last weekend. On today's show, we're talking about some of the news items I just reported on and more. But first, here is the official spoiler-free review of Jurassic World Dominion. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. Jurassic World Dominion is the latest film in the revitalized series based on Michael Crichton's 1990 novel. While the book and the original movie were cautionary tales about the pitfalls of genetic engineering 
and an illustration of the real-world implications of chaos theory, there's nothing quite so lofty in any of the movie sequels. Sure, there's some commentary about the morality of creating a species without rights, but this conversation is nothing more than a plot device. Although the movie is a lot of fun, it requires tremendous suspension of disbelief. But audiences will enjoy the show as long as they accept that caveat. Jurassic World Dominion picks up four years after the events of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Dinosaurs now exist alongside humanity and the animals of the world. Be prepared because that suspension of disbelief I mentioned is required from the start. The audience sees the likes of flying dinosaurs nesting on the roof of the Freedom Tower in New York City, which I can't imagine would be allowed to persist, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Since clone girl Maisie Lockwood released dinosaurs into the world, the Biosyn Corporation has become the leader in all affairs dealing with the creatures. Biosyn has been the principal rival to InGen, which initially developed the dinosaurs for John Hammond. Biosyn has extended its tendrils into elements of government and business in its effort to locate Maisie, who is ultimately the key to a bioengineering miracle that will revolutionize medicine and technology. Owen Grady and Claire Deering have sequestered Maisie away while continuing their efforts to humanely contain the dinosaurs and keep them from being exploited. But Maisie's location is discovered by bounty hunters who kidnap her and the young offspring of the Velociraptor Blue, in the meantime, Ian Malcolm has been hired by Biosyn and makes a disturbing discovery. Malcolm reaches out to Ellie Sadler with information about prehistoric locusts, which are decimating crops in the Midwest. Unchecked, the locusts will wipe out the world's food supply. Sadler reunites with Alan Grant, and the two travel to Biosyn headquarters. Can Grady and Deering find Maisie before Biosyn is able to exploit what makes her special? And can Drs. Sadler and Grant get the evidence from Malcolm to expose Biosyn? Returning from Fallen Kingdom are Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. Daniela Pineda, Justice Smith, and Omar Sy return in what are essentially cameos. Starring from the original Jurassic Park are Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum. Jurassic World Dominion also features Dewanda Wise, Mamadou Athi, Campbell Scott, Diction Lachman, Scott Hazy and Christopher Palaha. D.B. Wong returns as Dr. Henry Wu. As I mentioned previously, there's a great deal of suspension of disbelief required to entertain the premise of this film. What seems more likely to me is that there would be an all-out effort to destroy the dinosaurs. Although I acknowledge that corporate greed and a desire for profit would come into play somewhere, but I just can't imagine that flying dinosaurs would be allowed to nest at the top of the tallest building in Manhattan. The screenplay by Emily Carmichael and Colin Trevorrow from a story by Derek Connolly focuses on the greed and profit motive, as well as the PETA-inspired notion that dinosaurs have a right to exist. And to the animal rights people out there, for clarity's sake, I'm not advocating otherwise, simply that dinosaurs, while they may have the right to exist, don't have the right to do so along humanity. Let's set them up on an island somewhere. But then I would have kept the little clone girl from releasing them into the world during the last movie. That seemed like a really questionable decision to me on the part of those in a position to have prevented it. Now, despite all of this and more that I'm not going to get into so as not to spoil, I found this to be a really fun movie. The locations are spectacular, effects are top-notch, there's a lot of action, some romance, 
a sense of nostalgia and connection to the earlier films that wouldn't have been possible absent the participation of the original leads. And somehow, Trevorrow makes sense of what is a very complicated plot with multiple lead characters. All the leads have stuff to do and none of them get shortchanged. Michael Giacchino provides a wonderful musical score. It runs 2 hours and 26 minutes and is rated PG-13 for profanity, violence and gore, and frightening and intense scenes. I think the rating is about right and wouldn't take kids younger than 13. Jurassic World Dominion has plenty of shortcomings, but remains a very enjoyable, fun movie. A solid two stars out of four. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. And there you have it. The official FF review of Jurassic World Dominion, starring Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum, which opened in theaters nationwide yesterday. Anyway, it's time to introduce today's panel. Joining me for this exciting conversation that we are going to have on all sorts of fun stuff are Roberto Ortiz, Shireen Nicole, and Julian Lytle. Everybody... Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us here. Hello. Oh, please. It is an absolute privilege and honor. And I've missed missed doing this because I was at the Armed Forces Cycling Classic last weekend. And I know a lot of people were at Awesome Con. But, uh, you know, some people were doing the Awesome Con thing. And it's like, hey, you know. But uh, that wasn't me. I didn't even get a call from anybody, sadly. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I was sorry, too. But it's cool, because the uh, Armed Forces Cycling Classic was a paid gig. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> oh, actually, I it saw It wouldn't have nobody been paying me at Awesome Con. I saw Awesome Con make the news because of some of the statements that were made during uh, the Discovery panel. Discovery what? what Discovery what? Like the, the Star Trek show? Oh, yeah, yeah they had... Um, uh, crap! There was the 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 guy who's the engineer yeah. and the doctor yes. were both there. Oh, yeah. I don't know who those people are. Okay. I can't think of the actors' names. Well, if you to were save into theater, life. you'll be geeking out horribly because they were basically lead cast, mes cast members from Rent too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't both know that. Them. Not original Rent. I believe they were both of them. Whatever, man. I don't know. Man. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to look that up. <laughs> look that up later. So, what was the news item that uh, uh, made the news? Something about inclusivity. Yada yada yada. Oh, you know how, so you how don't really know what it was. No, you just I, saw I just, it. No, I just saw basically. <laughs> the, I didn't see the car crash. I just saw the pileup. Uh, of basically, all the people commenting. Blah blah blah. <laughs> I think it was a car crash that caused the pileup. I don't know exactly. <laughs> it's just yeah. hilarious. Basically, just people. It's almost like a. Uh, a, a, a response that is almost like automatic that when something comes in the news about Discovery you can see those fans that hate the show the passion of a thousand sons just having to type something just because reasons oh so you so you looked at that part <laughs> it's, it's just fun to read them and it's losing their mind for it. you see how my peaceful life is I don't know nothing about none of that because mm -hmm. I mute words on Twitter smart man there's there's no reason to go there for some of that. Hey, so even though this happened last week, because we weren't on, I didn't get a chance to ask anybody about it. It was kind of a big deal, Joe Casada yeah. leaving Marvel. Huge deal. 
Yeah. I was just curious because, of course, up until, and it's been a few years, but up until 2019, he was actually the chief creative officer, a role which Kevin Feige kind of slid into. And I was wondering if uh, maybe that might have had something to do with him deciding he didn't want to be there anymore. Probably. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, man. I think he, it's 20 years. It's more than 20 years. It's 24 it's years. Like tw- oh, it's only 24? Marvel Knight started at 24 mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. 2000, I mean 1998. That's when we got modern Daredevil. That's when Black Panther hit. Um, yeah, those are the first two books. They're Marvel Knights and Marvel Boy by Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. The thing is that I that's a while, yo. Yeah, yeah. but the thing is well. that Kevin Feige probably I hate to say this, uh, Disney and Kevin Feige probably would like to steer more, have more control in the direction of the line because they're beginning to reach the point in storytelling in terms of the Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe where they're still tapping content from Marvel, but I can see the end of the line coming in terms of where, how much they can tap. And Well, when you say the end of the line, what do you mean by that? Or more precisely, do you mean you feel like there's going to come a point where the movies and the television projects no longer mine the comics for source material? Because, let's face it, what happens with every successive sequel, I mean, whatever the first thing was, is based on some portion of the comic source material maybe, but then maybe. and we but we saw this with the avengers you get to the sequel and then they're drawing more from the first movie and then you get to subsequent sequels and you get farther and farther from the original source material and it seems like they're culling from the other movie or television properties yes but think about the legacy characters that they're introducing right now uh, to replace the Avengers, basically. Uh, the replacement for Natasha, the replacement for Clint, the replacement for uh, Miss Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel. Uh, basically, they're tapping creations from the comic books specifically, and they're tapping storylines, kinda, from those, uh, Captain America too. Uh, but the thing is that it, from the way I figure in terms of my stopwatch, they're about 10 years behind the comics right now. But the oh, thing, at least. But that's the thing. At least. Like at, at the rate this beast consumes content and material, I give it five, seven years before they basically catch up. In terms they're of not going to catch up. No, they're never going to catch up. They're not going to catch up because they, they skip. They don't stop making comics. Yeah. Yeah, and but they, that's they the thing. But, but that's what, thank you for making my point because that's why I think Disney wants more direct control on what happens next with Marvel. Yeah, but that, that's got nothing no, to do with that, them exhausting content. One second. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming online at WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Shireen Nicole and Julian Lytle, Roberto Ortiz. The thing is that Disney is a company that believes strongly one of their strengths and one of their weaknesses is basically their belief in synergy, that they're 
is is baked into the DNA in, in terms of that the all the aspects on the company basically synchronize well with each other right right now the cash cow happens to be the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the problem basically when you have something like a cash cow is that it gets a lot of attention and I've seen that happen before where something becomes very successful and all of a sudden corporate let's say corporate Disney top starts paying a little bit more attention specifically in terms of the direction where this is going and Quesada for a long time he had total control specifically in the direction exactly. he wanted to take Marvel exactly I'm an humble opinion we there's a lot of stuff we haven't been seeing behind the scenes in Marvel corporate that Quesada has probably been hitting walls that he wants to do certain things and take maybe Marvel in certain directions I disagree and he might not be able to do and I agree specifically that there's a factor of the idea of that he probably wants to be a creator again but I am pretty sure knowing how the studio system works that they're interjecting a hell of a lot more in terms of where they want the line and the storytelling of Marvel to continue. Well, and wait. Feige probably has a very, very clear idea of what he wants to do, and Quesada might not be on board with it. Well, I think that's pretty definite. But Julian, I, I actually, I don't, I don't. The reasons why I, I don't agree is because Feige was able to take over the majority of Marvel to protect it from Ike Pullmetter. That's I, impressive that he did Ike that. Pull, yeah. Well, again. You make over twenty some billion dollars for for the company, they'll concede that you have the right direction. In terms of the, I think I might be the only one who keeps a constant eye on what actually is happening in the comics, even though I don't read them. Mm-hmm. The corporatization of Marvel to make it align with the movies happened ten years ago. Um. Some might say it goes all the way back to the Ultimates. No, because that was a different that was a different ideology. But that's because that comes, I think, more from people who dislike the Ultimate line than it does from people who actually actively read all of it, i.e. people like me and read Megalore Marvel. I, per- I just think that Joe Quesada knew his time was over because he wasn't even doing the day-to-day work anymore. Even though he was Chief Creative Officer of Marvel, Entirely, the day-to-day book stuff was first was was get, once he left being editor in chief, went to Axel Alonso. Axel Alonso did his run. He left to go make his own thing. Now it's with um, what's my guy's name? I only know him by his fake Japanese name. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's down it's uh, it's down to him. Sabluski. Thank you, Shereen. It's on him. I think Kusada dropped back a long time ago when his title went from CCO to VP creative director. So at this point in time, yo, he did he did what he needed to do. Oh he left his legacy. Like he did way. what he Good needed to God. do. So now if he wants to get back and actively creating, that's fine. There's no reason for him to be a Marvel. He didn't made his millions of dollars. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know? Um yeah in terms of the mining of the stories, you gotta think around. They've only really used stuff from mostly the last 10 years anyway. And yeah. they yeah. use a big story from 1992. We ain't seen no Creed Skull War. We ain't seen no Acts of Vengeance. 
we ain't seen none of the real Daredevil stuff. Yeah, they're going to the Secret we ain't Wars. Seen none of the X Men stuff. None of the Fantastic Four stuff. We ain't seen no Doom. We ain't seen no Masters of Evil. I'm still mad we getting the Thunderbolts movie and we ain't seen no Master Evil. We ain't seen them take over Avengers Mansion and whoop everybody. I'm tight. I'm tight about that. Cause they always focus on these big old cosmic things and they don't get there's no villains. Yeah. Who are they fighting all the time? They're fighting other versions of themselves and their own friends. I could never see Wanda again to save my life and I'd be happy. <laughs> but, okay, rant over. Shireen, what do you think? Um, brace yourself. There you go. I do not have an opinion. Wow. Ba, 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 ba. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, well, I tell you what. In that case, I'm going to ask you what you thought of the She-Hulk trailer, since you are the single biggest She-Hulk fan that I know. Well, I thought the first thing that you notice about the She-Hulk trailer is, of course, that the CG is not great. Um, But I think that they're going to fix that. They usually release a kind of rough version, and then as you get towards the release date, the CG starts to get better and better. And then when you get the final project or the product, it's pretty good. So I think they'll fix the CG. So that's the first thing out of the way. Secondarily, I was happy that they mentioned superhuman law and um, at that law firm that Dan Slott created, which is like Mallory Book and Callaway or Callaway Mallory and Book, something like that. I never remember. (laughs) But it's the law firm she worked at in the Dan Slott run that introduces her superhuman law uh, escapade, so to speak. So that was really for me, the quintessential storyline to do if you're going to do a series about She-Hulk. So that's there. I'm happy with that. As many of you may know already, listeners, I was not that happy with the casting of Tatiana Mosley because she is a phenomenal actor. So that's not the because. We all know she's a phenomenal actor, actress, great at at changing character and really embodying roles so that wasn't it the reason that I wasn't happy about it was for storytelling purposes I knew that if you cast her you're probably going to make a Jen Walters series because she is more Jen Walters than She-Hulk I still think that may be the case but I haven't seen the show so I'll reserve judgment on that as I will with the rest of the trailer one thing that I can say is I don't love the idea of the Hulk training She-Hulk A lot of what I'm seeing in the trailer gives me a sense that we're going to get a Lady Hulk rather than a She-Hulk. And I say that because She-Hulk has always been the one who is in control of herself. I mean, she started out iffy and raging, but she really grew to be able to control her powers. And I think that a far smarter thing would have been to have She-Hulk train the Hulk before we get into all of those in-game things where that's how we get Professor Hulk is because She-Hulk actually teaches him how to be in control of himself. And that's the journey they could take together. Uh, so wasn't really loving that part, but you know, whatever. They really wanted a, a place for Mark Groffalo to, to in- inhabit. And it looks like they found one. I, of course, would have probably gone with the origins of the blood transfusion and utilized uh, you know, some really hard decision making on the part of of Bruce and wondering whether or not he should save his cousin's life knowing that he could likely pass on what he considers to be his curse 
So all in all, those are the points I would point out about the She-Hulk trailer. I will, of course, wait and see it before I can really tell you anything else. Mm, Yeah. Well, and all of that is extremely well said, which is the whole reason that I asked you. Um, Now, isn't that due to drop uh, essentially... When is that due to August. drop? Mid-August. August, okay. Mid right. to late August. All right. Into 21st, maybe? I know right. it's a Wednesday. Yeah. So pretty soon, but not super soon. So um, how many episodes are there to this Ms. Marvel series? Uh, oh, it's the 17th, I think. I just looked at the calendar. Oh, okay. Um, it probably could be six, like the rest <laughs> of the shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah, probably six. No, no, I mean, he was asking all of us. Yeah, they, they, that's the, seems to be the limit of of spending twenty million dollars an episode. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of money. To man, spend but it, it really shows that that was money well spent on Miss Marvel. I mean, we could have done good for the communities, but uh, no buts there. We could have done good for the communities. Period. But if you're gonna spend twenty million dollars an episode, if wow. that's what they spent, I don't know what they spent. But if you're gonna spend multi millions an episode, Miss Marvel is certainly the way to do it. I haven't seen the, and all I've seen, I mean, I know you, you got some early review stuff, and I know you've seen more than one episode, but I haven't even seen the one episode that's dropped, but what? I've heard really great things. It's the best show. Yeah, you know, um, I, I stand it's, by it's, that. And it's, it's not that I haven't wanted to watch it. It's that I haven't been able to make the investment of time with mm. this particular week with everything else that I've had to do, much of which has been time-specific, unfortunately. But all that to say... I have heard absolutely wonderful things. Same here about Ms. Marvel. Dude, same here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but it's I heard some good things about it. Yeah, mm. it's fantastic. Uh, it is fantastic. It's really well done. It respects the culture, of course, because many of the people making the show are South Asian and Middle Eastern. Most of the people. Uh, the creator is Bisha K. Ali, who wrote all the episodes. Sama, Sana Amanat is a producer, as, as she was in helping to create the character. Uh, Imani, I mean, it's not Imani, Iman Valani is outstanding. I mean, like, if you dreamed of someone to play um, Kamala Khan, Iman Vellani would have stepped out of your dreams. That is how Mm. on point she is with the totality of this character. But the entire cast is great. Their understanding of who Miss Marvel is, her goals and her aspirations is great. They do not hide any factor of her character for those people who will say, well, she's not accessible because, you know, this is a story only made for one community. Get out. You heard no. that? Actually, it, somebody said that? No. Oh, yeah. You, oh, well, you know, just like they hate on the Moses. God. Like, in the Star oh, yeah, Wars. Moses Ingram, yep. You know, um, let's, yeah. it's the haters out. Yeah, the I know. same as they did with Turning Red and, and, and the things that were said there. So... But they don't worry about that. They tell the story that should be told for this character, where she lives, and what she's trying to do. It's a, it's a really well done series. Yeah, and it seems like it's been exceptionally well received so yes. far. So I'm I'm gonna want to uh, talk a little bit more about that in the second half of the show. But that musical cue means that it's time for us to take a short break because Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community station. We're non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and listeners like you to be able to continue operating the station and be able to continue bringing you the fine programming 
that you have come to expect in low these uh, six years, seven years since the station first went on the air way back in 2015. Visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, ArlingtonMedia.org, to find out how you can make your tax-deductible gift in support of community radio today. Really, do that. So look, we've got a lot more Fantastic Forum coming up for you. Julian and Shireen and Roberto and I have a lot more to say. I know Roberto has a lot more to say. Roberto's always got a lot more to say. but And you'll want to hear it, too. Trust me. So we're going to pause momentarily, but we'll be right back right after this. And welcome back to Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Julian Lytle, Shereen Nicole, and Roberto Ortiz. And when we took the break, we were talking a little bit about the new series from Marvel, which has just dropped actually earlier this week. It is Ms. Marvel, and uh, it's been exceptionally well received. I've been very excited about it personally, but haven't actually been able to tune in as of yet. Shireen was talking a little bit about it. So, um, Shireen, uh, what else, because again, I know you've seen a little more of it. And uh, I've just been so impressed with everything that I've heard, particularly uh, with this uh, Iman Vellani, you know, who is the lead character. And to be as young as she is, she is also exceptionally poised and a fabulous actress. And I, I, it, it seems as if this is a star vehicle that was just made for her. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of times in America where you're going to have a role that calls for a Pakistani Muslim superhero teenage geek girl. Not a lot but at God, all. Have you seen the pictures from her God, from Halloween? Dang it. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say, media? but she was born for this. Clearly. <laughs> she literally dressed as the character in yes. Halloween when she was yes. a kid. Yes. I, Yes, we know. <laughs> yeah, a few years ago. Yeah. But it's mind-blowing. It's yeah. like, it's kind of cool that you, know, you basically are a geek for the character, and then you get to play the character. It's like... Many wow. of the Marvel heroes actualized it for themselves. You can go back and find times where they publicly made it clear that those were roles they wanted to play, whether it be on Twitter or in costumes or actually reaching out to Marvel. So it, it appears to be a game of manifestation. I know, but it, it's kind of like it's it, for a person who happens to be Pakistani, I mean, a black Pakistani descent, that must be a dream come true that basically say that Marvel basically creates a character and you get to be 
how people visualize. You get to be the Christopher Reeve of Superman, you know, how people visualize the character from now on. It's uh, true. Good for her. It must be awesome. Yeah, y'all should watch the show. Yeah. I, you know, I absolutely will. I, I, I am trying to get, get caught. And actually, you know, it's funny. In anticipation of... Uh, getting together with you, I was trying to finish Young Justice Phantoms because <laughs> I, I know now. That show. Oh, oh, you guys yes, you saying do. That the real. I have to see it. Yeah, well, and that's Needle. the thing because see, I had been waiting for the season finale to drop before okay. I got back. You to try that, to take you know? it too much at one time. Like, <laughs> you need you need them week breaks. Yeah, you need breaks. <laughs> yeah, we go you need to drink some water. You need to take a walk. It's a lot. <laughs> it, it was the last four episodes went too hard to paint. <laughs> I well, watched him just standing up. <laughs> oh <See>? my goodness. <laughs> I've been hearing fantastic things about that one and Harley Quinn, the animated show that I've been hearing fantastic How's things. Hollywood is funny. That's a good show. But that Junk Justice though, I'm telling yeah. you, you stressed. How? How, does, how are they going to get out of this? How does Warner <laughs> Brothers basically get the animated sites, get the characters so well, and the live action sites seems to be a hot mess? It's not a hot mess. It's different. No, stop saying it's a hot mess, yeah. man. I mean, Come you're, on. You're it, it, okay, it's a, it's Have a Have you seen the trailer for God, Gotham at Night, for the love of God? <laughs> for who? Gotham Knights. Don't bring that that's up. CW. That's CW. That's not what you want to go in the booth. Don't go there in that's the booth. That's CW. Like, I'm not blaming Warner Brothers for CW's mess. Oh my he God. Gonna explode. He's going to explode. He's going to explode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Told watch you Naomi to on, uh, on HBO Max. The thing about it is that I do think that if 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 the DC properties aren't a hot hot mess, they are definitely a warm one. It's a little messy over there. Oh yeah. I mean, and I know we we definitely disagree on um on some of the titles, and and definitely on some of the directors. But I don't think any of us disagree that the best on screen versions of these characters have consistently been the animated ones. Yes. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yes. That that's true. It's like the, the animated community, I have a soft spot for anime animation and I will take this to my dying breath that I feel that animation they get storytelling way better uh, in Hollywood right now than live action in terms of how it's being taught at a molecular level in animation because the thing with animation is that every decision you make every single thing is based on storytelling that's the core about animation storytelling 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 and they well you're also hardwired you're not going to come up the, the next morning with new pages you're not going to have yeah. a director get something in their head and then rewrite an entire script after it's been approved so it's a you know it's a different medium but also i think the difference between warner brothers or not warner brothers because that's a different story the dceu uh is that and the the kind of warner brothers and sector are this very one thing and that is that I think the DCEU is driven by the egos of the makers. Yes. I don't that know. the animation is driven by the love of the characters and the storylines. Yeah. And the reason I said I say the egos is because that's what I see again and again and again with how these movies are made, who they choose to make these movies, and also who they choose to be the lead actors. It seems very ego driven. And I think it's ego driven and nobody is willing to to say, we made a mistake hiring Ezra, Ezra Miller. Let's fire them. Let's fire them well, after they've attacked so many people Let, let's see what happens so now with the mess he just got into to be honest i i suspect that, reshots coming soon i don't 
I don't I I don't think we will get reshoots. You but really think I don't know if he'll get a, after I don't think he'll get another allegation? movie. Also, also that was the that was the young lady's parents or the young person's oh parents. Oh my god! Well, oh my god! Well, Roberto, the the young person themselves came out and uh, said that the parents was full of BS. Oh my god! So that's a a messy situation. Yeah, that is not that's done messy. With but there are previous messes. That's true. I just think that the movie's in done. The head so chairs and, and choking people. Yeah. And, the movie is done. Yeah, you'd have to yeah, reshoot is the done. whole movie. <laughs> you have to be able to replace him. No, oh no, 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 it's, yeah. it's done. Oh, the movie's yeah. in the can, and I'm pretty sure they're seriously thinking they're gonna really cut the sucker out. No, I don't think so. Uh, I think they could just have somebody else come out of the Speed Force that looks close force. enough, like. They don't even have to they, look close enough. Just give us, give us Wally for Christ's sakes. Nah, Why? Nah. Why do we keep getting Barry? I'm tired of Barry. Grim Gustin killed it. And I That's all they need to bring back. Give him, give him his did money. It excellently well. <laughs> give me my Wally. I'm tired. You got to build up I'm the Wally for the people Ezra, now. Yeah. Ezra Miller is does not seem like a good person. I do not understand <sighs> what they're doing. And if you finish the film, let them go. Let them go. Yeah, Ezra Miller wouldn't have been my first choice, and I. I, you know, I don't I, care I, about that. That is a bad person. That person hurts people. That's why I'm. That person it. hurts people. I, I wonder if we're going to get significant reshoots. I don't. It costs too much money. Yeah, that's you're talking about spending that money. The if it's movie. in the can, they're not. They're yeah. probably not going to reshoot it. Although that's not beyond the beyond DC's thing. They will reshoot some stuff. But I think that the best solution is to just let Ezra Miller go into the Speed Force and let a new Flash come out. I, 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 agree, I agree with you. I don't even want him in the Speed Force. Let's just, you know, I'm do just something saying, else. Listen, they gotta, the they gotta Speed Force it. can swallow them and, and Ezra Miller's a they, a they them, y'all. He can, he, can, he can, well, yeah, they, Barry Allen can come out, go in looking one way and come out looking another way. Well, and we've already oh, we seen him meet get the Wally. other Flash. You know? not, it's his solution. I agree with Cherry. Get Wally. Get Wally. No, get Wally. I don't know about the Wally because then you got to explain Wally. Um, well, you, but they've they introduced Wally. I mean, they you just have Wally a different TV Wally. Show. Yeah, you just have a different Wally from a different anything. universe come at the speed no, force. And y'all talk about DC's a mess now. <laughs> Do you understand that what people were going to say? It was like, who is Wally? And you didn't show... Just get, just just have Grant Gustin come out the goddamn on portal, they and just give, give him his give him his ten million dollars and say you finally get your movie. That's what they should have done from the beginning. It is, but, but they, they're always doing silly stuff with their movies. I, now I, I got this. Now now they talk about letting Todd Phillips make another fiasco. <sighs> yeah, not but another fiasco. Know, it, it made it, a billion dollars. Yeah, or sixty I million dollars. And, and the guy got an Academy Award too. Gunman manifesto. That's not good. I, I would say I, Call I, of Duty I, has been more impactful I'm, to uh, violence in the country than the Joker ever was. I Shireen. didn't say anything was impactful on violence. What I said was, I didn't say that the movie is responsible for violence. What I said was, it is a lone gunman manifesto on film. It is a cesspool in a soup bowl. So yeah. Joker movie. You will get <laughs> no argument from me. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. They tried to turn the Joker 
of the work tried to turn the Joker into some kind of folk hero. One of the and worst it, villains it, it, in DC tried to turn him into a folk hero. You're folk you're absolutely hero. right. People, yeah, people. You know. and the, the, the movie has undertones of racism. The movie has a lot of problems in its treatment of women, especially black ones. Yeah. yeah. I don't we, I don't care. We about did the, we did two shows. About that, yes. you know, it's like <laughs> yeah, folks can look in the archives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can hear those shows. Now I'm with you. It made a billion dollars. I'm with, yeah, and and that's why they're that's why. Well, I understand that. I, they care. But what, yeah, exactly. That, that's the point. I and so that that's, why that's why they make That's why they're giving. We gonna Todd get a Phillips movie. Another yeah. We gonna Black get a Black Adam. Canary movie. We were gonna get those anyway. One of that's what I'm saying. We gonna get those movies. You know. Black yeah, Canary. We don't need another Joker movie to qualify those things. Black Canary is the one character in DC whose name starts with black and she ain't black. Now Everybody she is, else. Because she, she came out now. in the 40s. But the girl they hired. But the girl who they hired to play her. Wait, wait, I, hold, I, hold, hold, hold that thought just a second. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming online at WERA. FM. Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Shireen Nicole, Julian Lytle, and Roberto Ortiz, whom I just interrupted to reintroduce the show. Julie. So that, sorry, Roberto. That girl who basically they got to play Black Canary was the best thing on that Harley Quinn movie. Uh, and, uh, Journeys, yeah. Journey Smollett. Oh, yeah. I thought you that were talking about the, uh, was, the, the, the time travel show because they had Black Canary on the time travel show. On the oh, CW oh, too, oh! But they? I really like the girl who basically they got on the Jer- Harley Jer- Journeys, Journey, Journey Smollett. Smollett. She is amazing, of the Smollett. and she's gonna mm. she's gonna do a great uh, Black Canary movie. I, I, she's incredibly beautiful. I'm like, good God! Wait, wasn't she in that? Um, yeah, she was love HBO. Yeah, yeah. she been yeah. act, she been mm-hmm. actress yes. full house. She been actress she four years old. Mm-hmm. She's a yeah. She was pro. also the star of yeah. Eve's Bayou. Yeah, oh, Gro- wow. grown woman, mama. Wait, that's saying? her. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm old. Oh my God. She was Michelle's <laughs> best friend. <laughs> oh God. Mm-hmm. She was a hang with Mr. Oh, Cooper. She had her own <laughs> TV show. She was in, with mm-hmm. the Great Debaters. Oh uh, my God. <laughs> she has one terrible talent movie. She has a long career. Yeah, she, well, she really actress. does, and mm. she's been she's been excellent the whole time. Her brothers also act, as y'all know. Um, <laughs> but mm. you know, um, but the thing is, like, you say Smollett. We, we shall move on. I mean, I have to say though, the best thing in in Birds of Prey for me was the breakfast sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great scene. That was a scene. I like the whole movie. No. Let's keep it at moving. Uh, Julian, Dark Crisis. Dark Crisis number Drop. one. Yeah. It was What's event season in, in superhero comic land. Mm-hmm. So, Dark Crisis is the, the new event in DC Comics that is going to shake up everything we know. For now. And then yeah. one year from now, everybody <laughs> will be back. It's like, whoa, whoa. well, I don't know. We'll be back. The it'll, nature be, of it. it'll be the, you know, whatever the, the thing is. It's just, the, just think of this as season finales, you know. Um, okay. I got my hand raised. Can yes, I raise ma'am. my hand? Yes, yes ma'am. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot of time on the show. And no, we ain't going to talk about Black Adam. We just oh, going now. Yes. yes. Well, I was just saying that the comic was out. He kind of ties into this, too, because Black Adam is the last person to see the Justice League alive. Wow. And no one one believes him because he's a villain. Ah. 
as, has he consulted with the Justice That's Society? The because the Justice, the there last is no, time I was, the Justice Society, there kind of is no Justice Society right now because it was written out in the New Fifty Two, and they just brought them back in the last crisis, known as Dark Metal. Huh. So. Um, there is kind of no JSA right now. There is kind of a JSA. There is kind of a JSA at the same time. But he was part of the Justice League. You know, he was their anti-hero member. It was like, okay, oh, we can redeem okay. him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, okay. he was doing a good job. Good luck with the no killing part. So, <laughs> you know, they was doing the all right thing. And then, um, you know, they 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 face a new foe that is familiar. Uh, Pariah wants to bring the old multiverse back. Huh. And he's working mm. with the pariah. and he's working with the great darkness to do so. Now, for oh. those who know the great darkness, is from a great Legion superhero story mm-hmm. called the Great Darkness Saga, where my man, the God of God, Dark Side, <laughs> comes out of his slumber. It was like, all these who's all these young suckers? <laughs> Let me ravage the 30th, 30th century. <laughs> but yeah, they, they turned into something. The Great Darkness is something else. It's from beyond blah blah. blah. But yeah, it just started. Justice League is dead. They're like, oh, we're going to do. And John is like, I got to make a new Justice League. Everybody, yeah, there's no, like there's the no people. League, yeah. And then everybody's like. Which John? J- John. John, John, John Superman. John yeah. Superman. John Kent. Kent. Jonathan yeah. Kent. John Superman. Oh, okay. Son of, son of, son of Kal-El. So he's, he's there and everybody's yeah, yeah, like, it's too much. You can't say D-John in the DC universe. True, <laughs> true. <laughs> true, true. And, yeah. um, you know, the, the whole point of them, I, I like the character now, having said that, the whole point of making him older broke my heart because I felt that DC could have gotten more mileage specifically of the whole concept of basically having a kid growing up with Superman as a dad and they just... You know, uh, they say, screw this. Let's just basically no. jump straight to him being an older teenager. And it's yeah, like, Bendis wanted to make Superboy and Alicia superheroes. So Bendis yeah. got to make a older. Thank you, Bendis. That's a sucky decision. Yeah. You know, I always liked <laughs> when they had, um, the th- when they first introduced the idea of Lois and Clark having kids. And it was Zod's son, yeah, who was Chris. a youngster. Yeah. yeah. I really liked that. I was like, so, oh, check this out. It's an unresolved plot point that hmm. no one's using. Hmm. They might use it in the future. Yeah, we'll see. I wish we could have some person who writes for DC who basically could use that as a story. Jeez, hmm. who could we get? But Shireen, um, Black Adam. What did you think, Shireen? Yes, what do you think? I think that whoever thought all this highs could be Cater Hall, a.k.a. Hawkman, <laughs> Clearly loves me. <laughs> <laughs> well, having Hawkman say that you don't kill people, and you're—I was watching this. It's like it's like a comment directly to all DC Comics fans, and they all collectively were saying, "Huh?" Nah, Hawkman just... saying to Black Adam, how t- telling him how to behave. That's right, really? Hawkman. Yeah, he gonna, <laughs> he gonna smack the bejesus out the rock with that, with that mace. <laughs> yeah, that mace. Yeah, it was so like beautiful. That dang mace. <laughs> he looks so awesome. And you know, we got good. Adam Smasher. We got Fate. I know. I'm Dr. feeling Fate. good about but, my life. But you, you know, know like 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 Julian mentioned. The, the 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 lightning bolt got some tarnish mm-hmm. on it on the chest got a little sense of humor it under, it looks like it understands the character the cg is coming along nicely 
And um, it looks like they're taking the storyline. Um, I couldn't remember the name of it. I was like, it's the 52 storyline. You know, when everybody's fighting Black Adam. And Julian was like, Black Rain. It's like, Black Ray from, from before that. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that's what The Rock said they're doing. I was like, I know my comics. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> yes. the point being, this is a thing of beauty. And I'm excited to see what they do with this storyline and with these characters and how they move forward. So I thoroughly enjoyed the Black Adam trailer. I like the fact that they embrace the fact that he's Middle Eastern and there's no question about it specifically. They're embracing the fact that he's angry and we'll there's see no how Middle that's Eastern consistent people with the I, comics. Well, that's the thing. They, they're yeah. trying not Teth to... Adam. They're not trying to basically shy away from that because... Uh, you know, executive notes, medicine person being angry, that's kind of dangerous. Br British dude traveling in <laughs> Egypt finds whatever. It's like. <laughs> Okay. Oh I, my gosh, thank goodness that didn't happen to me. Yeah. I, 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 I can handle a Samoan, a black Samoan Egyptian <laughs> a lot better, you know what I mean? And and you giving me a Nubian Hawkman, so everything is right with the world. And I love you know that like, P.P.R. Brosnan basically is playing, uh, is playing uh, Dr. Fake Ken Nelson, and the rumor is that he's basically going to prepare a person who's going to be Middle Eastern also. To be his replacement from this new Fifty Two, yeah, is playing. New, just, it, me and Sheree was talking the other day. I was like, I know what they gotta do. 007 gotta die. Yes, yes, yeah. Because I need my young Egyptian, <laughs> Doctor Fate. He must pass the man. <laughs> he gotta go into the helmet. He gotta <laughs> go in the helmet. <laughs> and what they're gonna do, duh, the is that the new the, must move on. The new head of the GSA is gonna be duh, Black Adam. It's no, like it's, not, it's gonna be Hawkman. Go be Hawk Man. Black Adam ain't joining no team. Uh, no, he's well, not about he, to do that. He, he's gonna he's, team up with the team, and he's gonna and, be Shaw. And it's then they're gonna Black fight. Black Adam is Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna fight. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's Actually, it's, it's kind of sad that basically DC EU is basically coming soon to an end, honestly, because of all the politics. But I feel like the concept of the GSA and the GLA not getting along and basically creating a future conflict with them. It's something that will be compelling to watch. Uh, I don't like, I don't like their fighting. I like them being the big homies to the, to the J. Yeah, it's the way it's supposed to be. Like, yeah, we the big homies. We know what we know. We did this before. <laughs> the DC and it's just shifting. It's just DC yeah. movies. Yeah, just we've moved, we've moved past Snyder. You know what I'm saying? Thank God. Uh, I'm just saying. Like at this point, it's just <laughs> DC films. Thank God. You know, well, Blue Beetle out here looking good. I think that they're doing yeah, no, Oh, we have to talk good. about Blue Beetle because everything I heard so far is fantastic. Uh, well, we don't have time to get into that. It looks incredible. It yes. does. It so does. Let's just, you know, let's Zolo Maraduena. And, and you I heard mean, basically who's going to be playing uh, the Reno Blue Beetle, right? I don't know. Taylor be in it, I guess. He's supposed to be. Ted no Technor. Uh, I don't know. Jason Zubekis. Okay. So yeah. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, that's a rumor going around. That's we'll going to be him. It'll be good. Then eventually we'll get Booster. Oh, yeah. And hopefully they'll booster. get Chatty Tatum. They'll you be Booster go. Gold. And I'll be happy. Tatum would be great at Booster Gold. You're absolutely yeah, I know. Right. Oh, my God. That's a good casting idea. I'm good at this. Yeah. I'm Who sometimes paid say? for it. Tatum. Tatum. Chatty Tatum. Tatum should be Booster Gold. Uh, oh, Chatty Tatum would be a hilarious Booster. Yes. <laughs> Again, that's what... Ain't, ain't I... Ain't I great? Yeah. You know what you're great. talking about. I mean, we like you. I mean, we, Wait, we who like used to you. say that? Ain't I great? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
my goodness. You know, it makes me wish we had a whole nother hour to get into this, but regrettably, that's all the time we have for today's show. I'd like to thank my panelists and you, too, for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. You can check it out if you go to the website at fantasticforum.tv or check the local listings in your area. It's actually only on in Montgomery County right now. And uh, currently, I, I would tell you, at least this is the part where ordinarily I'd tell you, you can tune in on Thursday afternoons at 3 to check out the uh, re-air of this show. But at least through the end of the month, that's not what we're doing. Is uh, all sorts of work that is going on here at the station. And so you won't hear Fantastic Forum, uh, at least for right now, on Thursday afternoons. We'll be back, though, in July with that. But, of course, the show airs as a podcast. You can download it on all your favorite platforms where podcasts are available. So there's still that. And, of course... We are live in first run each and every Saturday afternoon from 4 to 5. Make sure you come back again next week. Same bat time, same bat station to check out Fantastic Forum in first run. And enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay safe and uh, come back again. <laughs>